640 Toronto presents Think Tank. Two guests, Toronto's top stories. Now, let's meet the guests. Let's do that. 737 and three degrees in downtown Toronto. Uh, snow in the northern suburbs. It is that time of year. Halloween tomorrow night. We welcome on Think Tank, uh, Ben Mulrooney, who joined us earlier. He's a broadcaster. I have Ben Mulrooney, comma, broadcaster. You're a lot more than that, but that's that's what I have. I just read the cue cards, Ben. Well, yeah, exactly. I just re- read what's in front of you and we can, uh, we can move on. <laughs> and Warren Kinsella, consultant with Daisy Group, joins us on Toronto Today. I'm just reading the cue cards, Warren. <laughs> yeah, there's more you can say, but you probably shouldn't. Absolutely. Yes. Well, we've got we've got many people who've known you from the past and there's nine lines all lit up and we're all we're going to this is like a, this is your life, but it doesn't end well. This is um, yeah, this is this. This is not what anybody wants. Um, it's the reverse of a funeral. Uh, basically, it's bad things being said, not good things. Um, let's start with you, Warren. Another tragedy, a really sad one. But I'm I'm worried Saturday night we heard about the passing of actor and, and playwright, no less, Matthew Perry. But we were probably all thinking, yeah, uh, a lot of demons. He'd fought hard. Um, he would put his body through absolute hell with uh, in the throes of addiction. He spent time in Toronto, very much raised in Ottawa. And he always referenced Canada as home. But it's, it's extremely sad news. I think we feel like we lost somebody who was so important to pop culture in the 90s. But but we also lost a, a, a Canadian um, ambassador, put it that way. Yeah, I think all of that is true. You know, he stayed humble. He stayed human. He stayed honest. Um, in his writing and his public statements. But, you know, there is an important message here. And, you know, the the coroner in L.A. has announced there's now going to be a second mm. um, autopsy done uh, to find out precisely what was the cause of death uh, because I guess he was found um, after a coronary in his jacuzzi and had drowned, but I I guess they suspect something else is at work. I think the message, and you know, you've alluded to this, that everybody needs to remember is like, if you, you know, you abuse drugs, you you abuse alcohol, you're going to shorten your life. And, and that that's just the inevitability of it. And, um, you know, I know there's lots of strong opinions on either Mm -hmm. side, Mm -hmm. but if you, you know, overdo those things, your life will be shorter. And uh, here is a, I think, I think a pretty dramatic example of that. Ben, we were talking, uh, my wife and I at the dinner table last night about Matthew Perry's life and, and why some people just sort of slip away uh, from the, uh, those addictions and, and can rise above. There's so many musicians that say, I, I don't know what I'm even doing here. I should have been dead when I was 25, yeah. 30, 35. Robert Downey Jr. is the best example I can give. I mean, we talked about that movie Less Than Zero at the table last night. And he's playing a character that dies of drugs. And he's like, I could have died any of those days on the set filming that movie. It was just a different time and a different era. And yet there he is. He gets Iron Man and and uh, and, and turns it all around. Things happen sometimes and we can't figure out why there's no template. He he couldn't get insured to, to work right. on a movie. That's how that's how dangerous it was for people to hire him. I think for some, listen, addiction, I think it's a spectrum and, and some people um, grapple with it. it. The monster, the demon is, is bigger in them. It's stronger in them than it is in, in other people. And for him, it was just a, it was a, a decades long battle where he, I mean, he said he, he can't remember uh, years of, um, of friends. He's so embarrassed by 
how who he was at the time that he doesn't watch himself on that show that means so much to everybody um and so yeah it's it's it is so sad his comic timing was i think it'll be remem- remembered as legendary he was he, he could do things um with silence that very few people can do he could make something very funny just with a look and uh um yeah um it's really, really sad. Um, he, he, uh, his memoir was called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing, a memoir. Here's him talking about it on a television show last year, 2022. I'd never drank before, and I just sort of drank this entire bottle of what was called Anwar's Baby Duck. That was the name of the wine. And I lay in the grass and just was in, was in heaven. And I thought to myself, this must be the way that normal people feel all the time. And I thought that at 14. But, you know, by the time I was 18, I was drinking, I was drinking every day. Ben, it's so hard to hear listening to that because we have so much that feeds our endorphins, whether it's something that happens successful at work or, or you have a, even a good workout, something great happens for your kids yeah. or your wife. But it's not supposed to be about about vices and it's not supposed to be about drinking and drugs that should that should give you that kind of euphoria. And you hear the sadness in his voice. He wishes it wasn't so, but it was. Yeah. And, and he was 14 when he when, when yeah. he made this discovery. Um, so there was probably a, a lack of some sort of adult figure in his life at the time. But, you know, I, I, I go back. He, he wrote in his book that uh, one of the things he he hopes to be known for on, on top of friends. He says, I know that when I die, everyone's going to say friends, 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 friends. But I hope yeah. people remember that I, I, I spent a big chunk of my post-friends life helping people with addiction. Like he founded the Perry House in, in, um, in California to help people with addiction. He says, he says, I know this won't happen, but I do hope people talk about that. So now we're talking about it. Warren, are we having better conversations with friends in our lives that suffer um, from addiction than we used to. I, I understand it too. And I do think sometimes with our kids, with people around us, we do have to say sometimes, hey, you know what? We got to push through things sometimes. I worry we don't push through things enough. But I also think there's a greater understanding of chemical imbalance and 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 allergies to, to the normal um, that that we, we have to understand people who are, are hooked on these things. It isn't all about choices sometimes. Yeah, and we are, as a society, we are better than we used to be. You know, we are talking about mental illness. We're talking about addiction. Um, we are more open. There's more information available to people. I mean, I guess that's one way the Internet is helpful. You know, you can mm-hmm. research, you know, the impact of opiates on your system. Uh, and they, it certainly had a dramatic impact on Matthew Perry's system. He talked all about it in his book. Um, so, you know, that is that is all good. But, you know, I grew up in the music scene. Uh, that's how I started as a journalist, is writing about rock and roll. And um, I, I've lost too many friends to drugs. And they're mm-hmm. dead. You know, they're gone. And, and Or booze. You know, booze just kind of broke down their system less dramatically over a longer period of time. And, like, it's just bad. It's, it, it, it's bad. And, you know, listening to that clip you played. Yeah. It's sad. You can hear the sadness in the guy's voice and the regret. And, you know, um, I'm not Nancy Reagan here saying, you know, just say no. But, you know, just be careful because it, this stuff, it's, it's dangerous and it can, it can really can wreck your life. You're listening to Think Tank. Uh, it is three degrees currently right now in the city of Toronto. This is 640 Toronto. 
And this is breaking news from the Global Newsroom for 640 Toronto. I'm Dave Bradley. Coming from Unifor, a tentative agreement has been reached with Stellantis that ends strike action at all facilities. The strike lasted about seven hours. That was it. 8,200 workers in this country went on strike as of midnight last night, affecting plants in Brampton and Etobicoke. The deal still has to be ratified. Until then, we won't get specifics as to what is in it. But strike is over for workers at Stellantis. We'll have more on this story as it develops on 640 Toronto and globalnews.ca. Okay, Dave, back to Think Tank. Ben, that Jeep uh, Gladiator you were looking at, that souped-up Jeep Gladiator, that's going to be available still on the lot. I'm relieved. Oh, I'm relieved. Thank good. Well, well, with the with the weather turning now, I think <laughs> I, I'm going to need that four-wheel drive. Uh, all right. I wish we could keep it... Um, uh, light, uh, but let's get to the Middle East. Why don't we do that? Uh, Israel steps up their level of aggression in Gaza. I think there's no denying that. I want to know, you guys have such keen, trained eyes on on what the media is going to embrace and what they're not. I was talking with a friend Saturday, and he said, Warren, although Russia-Ukraine held headlines, it was almost the only world story for a good six, eight weeks in spring of 22. It, eventually, it settled, and the media moved on. Fewer reporters there. wasn't leading newscasts. I don't know about this one. This one doesn't feel like it's going to settle as quietly. There's a ton of layers with protests and university admin reaction. Look at those scenes in uh, Dagestan, Russia last night. You saw it. I saw it. Ben saw it. They were beyond frightening with people surrounding a jet plane because they believed there were, quote, Jews on board. This this isn't going away anytime soon, is it? No, it's not. And there's two battlefields. The one, obviously, in Gaza, Israel is started its incursions, you know, into Gaza. And um, looks like they're doing it on a more limited basis than, you know, the military strategists predicted. But there's another battlefield, which is around the world, you know, and there were pro-Palestinian or arguably pro-Hamas protests all around the planet yesterday, including in Toronto. Uh, I've been told people saw Hamas flags being flown, Mm -hmm. Um, I've been told by people, no, those were not Hamas flags, but, you know, students at Cornell in the United States in lockdown, you know, uh, people hammering on the doors in the library to get at them. Um, you've got the attack on the plane, like that we all saw practically in real time in, in Russia, you know, because they wanted to find Jews. More Jewish businesses targeted those in New York City, I believe on Sunday, on Saturday night. You know, mezuzahs torn down at Queens, uh, Jewish students at Western harassed. Yeah. We're putting up posters of her, you know, people in Moncton, a guy in Moncton walked into um, uh, people were observing the Sabbath and he threatened the people who were there. Like it's there's another battlefield and it's bad. Ben, it's I, getting worse. Ben, I yeah yeah. Um, thoughts on that? I I just feel like we're and I know we're amplifying some of the worst around us, but at the same time, it is something people are talking about. It is a reason not to go places. And when we hear from callers saying, "I'm not going to wear that Star of David," "I'm going to tell my dad not to go to synagogue," these are greatly concerning things. Well, absolutely, and and I, I think we talked about it a few weeks ago. As the as the, the 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 number of dead Palestinians goes up, the rage that we've seen at these protests is going to go up as well. And I, I personally think a great a great chunk of that's misplaced, and there's there there should be more conversation and not protest. But that's that's a conversation for another time. This yeah, this is not going away. And and what we're what what Warren just described were 
that seem like isolated incidents, but they're going to be happening with so much more frequency that it's going to be a, a trend across the country. And, 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 and this country is going to have to uh, wake up and have a reckoning to um, the, the fact that anti-Semitism never went anywhere. It's been alive and well and just waiting, waiting to be able to say all the things that people mm. said quietly out loud. Hey, Ben, I don't know if you saw it, but the singer Pink put out an Instagram post and she listed 10 things, basic like like statements about this conflict. I'm just going to give you the first five and then I'm going to ask you, we should probably make her U.N. Secretary General because I thought this was fantastic. Number one, the hostages need to come home. Number two, Hamas is a terrorist organization that seeks to destroy Jews. They also murder and oppress women, the LGBT community and political opponents. Three, Palestinians need a solution that honors their aspirations and their humanity. Four, neither Palestinians nor Israelis can exist peacefully under the threat of Hamas. Number five, protecting innocent civilian life must remain of utmost priority. It's it's it needs nuance. It needs it's so nuanced. It's so complex. But those five solutions out of the 10 she lists right there, I just think if you're a good person, you agree with all five of those. Yeah. And, and to me, like we've talked about the nuance before. I think I think it's as nuanced as what she just described. And that, though, that those are the broad strokes that uh, that everybody should uh, absolutely support. Um, and 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 like, as I've said, I, I went to a, I went to a rally for Israel. Mm-hmm. Nobody was talking about killing Palestinians. Nobody. But I've heard uh, audio from a number of these uh, pro-Palestinian marches. People are talking about killing Jews. That's for sure. And, and it's a. Um, it's it's frightening. Warren, I, I don't know. Yeah, the video coming out yesterday was was absolutely crazy. Um, and I, I look and I say, look, not 100 percent of people at these pro-Palestinian rallies support Hamas, but it isn't zero percent either. It's not. So anything more than zero means there's trouble. We'd never let anything close to the Proud Boys take over downtown for three or four straight Saturdays. Israel's fair game to criticize for foreign policy, um, but we'd never let that group take over the city and march with their proclamations. We never would. No, and they have an objective. You know, the definition of terrorism is to use violence to to achieve some political goal. Um, but also equally, it, it you know, it is to instill terror, to instill fear. And, you know, my advice to people, because all of us have been hearing um, about, you know, Jewish friends who are, you know, not wearing a Star of David yeah. or Gentiles who support Israel, who are nervous about coming out to a rally. That's when these people win, right? It's at that precise moment where you feel uneasy or unsure. That's when you should be asserting your belief in what I believe is the right side, which is Israel. And, you know, don't hesitate. You need to step forward because the bad guys win when you're scared into not expressing your support for what is the only democracy in the Middle East and and, you know, the side that is the victim here. Like people should not be cheering for Hamas. No, be cheering for the victim of Hamas. And Warren, there's a there's a there's a fairness and a methodology with saying this is where I think Israel's going too far. This is where I would criticize them. This there's plenty of Israelis that aren't fans and never will be again of Benjamin Netanyahu, not just because of current tactics, but Where's the security that allowed October 7th to happen? Like that's that we're, we're probably months or years away from finding out how this could have possibly transpired. Well, you know, Netanyahu, I'm no fan. And, you know, he's still facing three separate corruption yeah. prosecutions. Yeah. Three. yeah. And like that would not happen in any of the the 
the nations that surround Israel. You know, those people would be leader and they'd be facing no prosecution for corruption whatsoever. Like the leaders, mm-hmm. there's six leaders of Hamas. Three of them are billionaires. Two of them live in Qatar. They don't even live in Gaza. You know, so Israel is held always to a different standard, and it really is not fair. Now, in the case of Netanyahu, I think he's toast as, you know, somebody who's been involved in politics for a long time. The, the perception that's widely held in Israel, but but 80% of Israelis, is Netanyahu, you know, didn't deliver. He said he'd be the security prime minister, and he, and he wasn't. October 7th, Hamas charged across the border and killed 1,400 Israelis. So I think he's a goner once the war is over. But, you know, mm. at the end of the day, Israel is is held to a different standard, and it and it really isn't very fair. I want to get to, uh, let's bump ahead. We have about five minutes left, and I want to get to this CBC uh, investigation on Buffy St. Marie. I watched it Friday night. I watched it a second time with my wife last night and picked up even new stuff. Here's a uh, indigenous man on the streets of Regina, Saskatchewan, asked after seeing it what he thought about Buffy St. Marie. There's basically two camps. Some people entirely defending Buffy and another group that are uh, really upset with her and they feel betrayed. So, Ben, let's start with you. I mean, this is somebody everybody knows. Everybody grew up watching on Sesame Street. Everybody knew she was a successful musician. Her art doesn't change for me, but it's obvious to me she can't keep a story straight here. I couldn't believe she she suggested she might have been part of the 60s scoop. There's no mathematical way that that even (laughs) works. What, What did you think of the portrayal? Yeah, well, so I didn't watch it, um, and I'm going to say this doesn't hang very high on my radar, because um, I don't think, I mean, unless you believe that she has been working the long con for a very long time, trying to, in, in order to rise to the top of the Aboriginal music charts in Canada, Yeah. if you believe that, then, okay, then, then there's something afoot here. But, look, you know, she told a story one day, it worked. She kept going with it. You know, this is to me, I, I hope no one cares about this because I'm getting a little tired of identity first in everything. Identity first. It's, it's, it's where are you from? What's your background? And don't forget, like, if you're not if you're not indigenous, you can't speak to indigenous issues. If you're not a woman, you can't speak about women's issues. And I'm getting a little tired of that. So I'm hoping that this doesn't land the way some people are hoping it does. I gotcha. Yeah. Warren, did you, did you get to see the doc? You've certainly seen the fallout from it. Yeah. And I'm the dad to an indigenous girl and it made, made me mad. She's not Buffy St. Marie, you know, that CBC documentary was excellent and it was exceptionally well done. She's Beverly Santa Maria. She was not born in Saskatchewan. She was born in Boston, Massachusetts. And she does not have a drop of indigenous blood in her. Has she done good things for the indigenous causes over the years? Yes. But she is not an inconsequential person. She's won an Academy Award. She's won Grammys. She's won Emmys. She has had um, a pretty nice lifestyle as a consequence of people believing that she was indigenous. She is not. So, you know, I think I'm one of many who's waiting to hear from her. She issued a statement before the documentary came out um, that looked like it was expertly crafted in a focus group by a bunch of PR experts. And, uh, you know, she needs to say, look, this is really who I am. I am Beverly Santa Maria from Boston, Massachusetts, but I believe in this cause. And I think people would forgive her. 
but she cannot keep doing yeah. what she's been doing, which is living a lie. Yeah. Like I, I, I look at it, Ben, and I think we, we've just to your point. Yeah, we should be able to comment on things that aren't in our wheelhouse. I, I know a good meal and I've never cooked, a, you know, I've never cooked in a restaurant in my life. But I know a good dinner when I've had one. Right. We're all movie <laughs> critics and music critics and and sports critics and all that stuff, whether we've played at that level or not. So I look at this and I think what I see a lot of people saying is, oh, they've done so good. Why are we tarnishing her legacy? Because if her legacy has has some holes in it, that's journalism. And we can't say, well, we miss journalism and journalism's dying. And then you see an amazing piece of journalism. People are like, oh, I don't like it because I like her. That's that doesn't ring true to me. No, absolutely. And and look, it, uh, Warren's Warren's absolutely right. There, there are people who are going to be very upset about this um, because of what she meant, uh, what her music meant and, and the reflection of the community uh, that she claimed to be representing. Um, but um, if she, if she comes out, if she's contrite, if she's, I mean, somehow honest, um, th- th- I think she'll be able to get through it because she she has been a net positive in the world. She has done good uh, her whole career. She has, yeah. you know, every time I, every time I interviewed her, big smile on her face, and and she made me smile. Um, and so if she if she if she it's like paint by numbers. Oh, I'm sure Warren's been involved in in, in this sort of thing uh, in the past. But if she if she does it by the book, he should be okay. Yeah. Warren, I, I I love your passion for it because you're you're like, listen, we'd understand a misunderstanding at a certain point in time. None of this takes away from her art. None of this takes away from her activism. But I, again, I saw that that line about the 60s scoop. I couldn't believe like my wife and I looked at each other. We're like, how could she possibly suggest this? And for the first time ever in 2018, that's the first time you ever mentioned this. You're just you're just going with what's cool at the time. She said she's Cree. Then she said she was Mi'kmaq. Then she Algonquin. said she's Mi'kmaq and Algonquin. And like my daughter is actually indigenous. She's a citizen of the Carcross Tagus First Nation in the Yukon. But she can't get a status card, guys, because, yeah. you know, white people crafted the Indian Act and decided what an Indian should be. And here's Buffy St. Marie going around saying she's Indian when she's not. It just to me, it feels like the world's upside down. And it's, you know, once again, it's celebrities, certain celebrities yeah. getting away with things the rest of us never would. I think we haven't seen the last of it. Guys, I got to leave it there. Brilliant today, as always, Ben. Warren, thanks so much for the time. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. There's Ben Mulrooney, Warren Kinsella joining us on Think Tank.